Welcome to the Enlightenhood Podcast. I am calling myself out today because I usually begin this podcast by saying, hey, everyone. But we're not everyone. We are powerful, resilient, the minority that is going to lead the rest. So no longer is it, hey, everyone, but hey, mindful mamas. I am so happy you're here. Today, we are chatting all things energy with Trista Custon-Border. She is a soul alignment coach. We dive into human design, Reiki, the chakras, crystals, all those wonderful things. And I am officially out of the spiritual closet. It feels so very good. I am going to put the link to the human design chart in the description of this podcast. So if you want to see for yourself what yours is, and then you can follow along to see if we have any similar properties. So welcome to Enlightenhood, you mindful mamas. I'm so happy you're here. And here's Trisha. So Trisha, I need to know what a soul alignment coach is and how you got into becoming a soul alignment coach. Yeah, so... For me, being a soul alignment coach is all about bringing women back to who they are, like at that deep soul level, truly aligning with their authentic identity, their truth, taking back their power, and really just living their life from that authentic space. And then how I became the soul alignment coach really was the journey of doing all of this work on myself. And I transitioned from doing just like energy healing sessions for people into the coaching because I noticed that my clients would come back from the energy healing sessions, like they would leave feeling good. And then they would come back and have, you know, the same kinds of feelings and problems. And it, um, it really occurred to me that, okay, the energy healing is amazing and it's great, but I want to give them more than just this. Like I really want to empower them to be able to make changes on their own and not have to, you know, come to me to help them feel better, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So one of the huge core aspects of your coaching business is focusing on human design. Yes. What is mm -hmm. that? <laughs> so it's a very... I don't, I don't want to say complicated, but it, it can be, <laughs> but it's this beautiful synthesis of, you know, astrology and the Chinese I Ching and like all of these things brought together. And essentially what it is, is using your birth information. Um, you put it in and you receive a chart online and it uses your very specific information to give you a very unique chart that is basically like your very own <laughs> map for your life. And it's like your energetic blueprint. So it will be different from everybody else's. Interesting. So what it in within this blueprint, what is it telling me about myself? Ooh, so much, so much. <laughs> um, so at the very like, beginning of learning the system and using it, um, you really want to focus on what is called your type, which kind of details, it tells you how your aura functions. And then it gives you a strategy so that you know the correct way to move through the world as yourself and really decrease resistance. And then the second piece 
um, you would want to start with is your strategy. And that is, or no, I'm sorry, it's authority. Your authority is how you are designed to make decisions and make decisions that are correct for you. Mm. Interesting. So how many different types are there? Uh, It depends who you ask, but the official school says four, and then there's one that's like a subtype of one of the types. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So you said it's a map. Does it, and it tells you how you make decisions, but does it show you anything that's long-term or future-based? Um, yes and no. So going deeper into it, you're able to see like the, the patterns that are going to show up in your life and kind of, um, you know, what you're meant to live out in your life. But as with anything, you always have free choice. So it's not like a guaranteed, you know, you could always choose not to live your purpose and things like this. And, you know, if you're not living in alignment as your authentic self, well, then you won't be fulfilling your purpose anyhow. So it does, it gives you the map to it, but it's not a guarantee. Right. That makes sense. I love that you said that, that it's not, unless you're living as your true self. Yes. Because I think there's so many people out there who are not and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't even know most of yeah. the time. Yeah. It's funny because my mom went to a spiritual guru before I was born and he was almost talking about my life path and said that I was going to be an ambassador. And for the longest time, I never realized how that could be true until I stepped into my true purpose. And then it was like, ding, light bulb. Oh my goodness. It's so funny how, and especially when you read all these things about yourself, sometimes you don't realize that they will be true, even though they're not when you're reading them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes with the human design um, charts, when you get your own, and this actually was true for me, like you might get your chart and start reading a little bit about it and get a reading from someone and think, no, I don't like, I can't identify with this. This doesn't sound like me. And that was a very confusing for me. So it taught me something very valuable is that, okay, this means that I have been so conditioned and living from this conditioned space that I, like, I had to really go through a lot of deconditioning, which I'm still definitely working on. And now as I'm peeling back those layers, I'm able to identify with it and understand who I really am and how I actually am powerful and impactful. But I did, I couldn't believe that when I first read my chart. Do you have people who come to you and you do a reading for them and they're not ready to hear it and then they come back? <laughs> yes, there's a lot of resistance sometimes. <laughs> I don't want to say a lot, but especially and this is uh this is my fault, but you know I get really passionate about it and I just want to share it with everyone, but that's the thing, not everyone is ready for it. Right. So th- it really needs to be someone wants this and not just, "Oh, let me, you know, let's talk about it and go into it. So some of it, sometimes it does require, (laughs) I'm not ready for this and then let it sink in for a while and then come back to it. Does it also show what you need to work on in this lifetime? 
Yes. Um, and the way that, well, it shows you, I'll answer this in two different ways. It shows you your energy centers and whether they are defined or whether they're open. And your open centers are where you are most likely to have conditioning. Like that's where your own energy is not consistent. And so you're experiencing these other energies coming through and that's how you receive your conditioning in those ways. So becoming aware of that is a very powerful tool because I, you know, for the longest time, you're kind of just like going through the spiritual journey. And this really gives you some true guidance that you can rely on instead of just, you know, (laughs) seeing what works or what rings true for you. It gives you way more guidance. Okay, so I have my chart in front of me, and I am a generator type. What Mm -hmm. does that mean? So a generator, it means that your sacral energy center is defined. So you are literally like producing the life force energy of the planet. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) So what's beautiful about this is that I mean, we need generators to complete like you guys are the workhorses of the world and just so capable. Um, But then relating back to your strategy, which is to respond, Mm -hmm. even though you are a generator and you have the energy to, you know, accomplish all these things and really go after things and complete them you're supposed to wait to respond rather than initiate something. Mm, I am very impulsive and it always bites me in the butt. And that, yes, good example. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So that's good to know. Yes. Mm -hmm. So then my not self theme, what is that? Your not self theme is what you experience when you're not living your type and your strategy and my true self mm-hmm. uh, so that's how it manifests yes it's and that's how life. you know if you're feeling that like okay I'm I'm not really in alignment and that's your indicator yes mine is frustration and I definitely get that <laughs> so then my inner authority is that what guides me Yes, your authority is how you are designed to make the decisions that are correct for you. Ah, yes, I get that. So I'm an empath and mine is emotional. So that makes a lot of sense. Emotional authority. Mm -hmm. Yes. So with that, the emotional authority is the same as me, actually. And the thing we need to remember is that we need to wait to make decisions. Like there is no clarity in the present moment because we experience these emotional waves and making decision from the high point or the low point lead to incorrect decisions. So we literally need to wait through the wave and really find that, that still point where we have clarity and take in, you know, the whole picture before you jump in and make a decision. What are some of the other inner authorities? Um, So another authority is the sacral authority. And that one like is literally a connection to that energy center. And by asking like yes or no questions, you can either tell energetically or like you literally respond with like a uh uh-huh or uh uh-uh 
as mm. to whether or not something is right for you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So then my profile, what is your profile? And mine is, I don't know if I'm reading this right, but it says six dash two. Yeah. So your profile is basically the role you play in this world. Oh, And that's like getting into more like the deeper learnings of the system. Wow. Mm -hmm. So then does each number relate to a certain life path? Um, So this is where like these are the lines, um, like hexagram lines from the I Ching. So you said you were a six two. Mm -hmm. So the six is going to have one theme and the two is going to have a different one. And like one is the conscious and unconscious and kind of like that holistic bringing that together as your theme. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it is complex. It um, is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to deep dive into this later. <laughs> you uh, are going to go down the rabbit hole because it is oh, so no. fascinating. It's just incredible. <laughs> wow. And then my diff- definition is a split definition. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? from what I understand, your definition is like how the energy flows through your energy systems. And like we have channels and they can be defined, undefined, or like part of the channel may be defined and the other part aren't undefined. Hmm. Interesting. My energy is compartmentalized. Is that what it's basically saying? That it's functioning in two different funnels almost uh, yeah kind of hmm. there and there's like different kinds of definitions too like there's a single definition a simple split a triple split oh my goodness yeah but, like there's all these different um this <laughs> combinations. Is so fascinating. I can't wait to deep dive in this so my <laughs> incarnation cross is that past life related yes this is essentially like your life purpose oh wow Mm-hmm. Mine is the left angle cross of individualism. I'm going to find that specific one because there's a lot of different incarnation crosses. <laughs> that makes sense. We yeah. all come back to learn something different. So let me see. Because I have, I have a book that is literally created just for the incarnation crosses. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So there's so many different things that we could come back to learn. Yes, always. Like I will be studying this for years and years and years and I will never know it all. Never. It is, it's very beautiful and there is always more to learn. And it's really an invitation to experiment because it, it gives us the this information about ourselves, things that, you know, will ring true. And then some things that are just like, validation for us and Mm -hmm. and ways to accept who we are and really realize like oh okay there's nothing wrong with me I was literally made this way it's like a whole new level of self-love um but we're really encouraged to experiment with you know living correctly by our type and our authority and it's I mean it's never like you have it all figured out you know what I mean yeah. So what type of reception have you found from when you do these reading charts from people and they kind of get this validation and say, oh, and almost empowered by their life purpose? What is the feedback that you've been receiving? Yeah. Um, 
it's I don't usually like in a first reading, I don't usually go into um, the profile in the arc incarnation cross just because it is, you know, like that more advanced part and you really need to you really need to ground into um, first working with your type and your authority. So I don't ever do that, like in the beginning, first readings with people. Um, but generally, you know, people can see some of it like, oh, okay. And then like, I know with my own, um, and of course, <laughs> having access to all this information, I kind of like jumped to it because I was like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, I want to see. And it was just kind of like, huh, I don't know. Like, how is this playing out in my life? You know, and I had to really sit with it and see how it applies for me. But the thing is, like, it's not a guarantee. Are you able to, when you meet people, just automatically figure out some of their human design elements just by meeting them? Sometimes, you know, it's really funny because I've been, um, I'm just, I just love this system so much and working with it. Like, I don't try to teach my husband about it, but he's picked up a fair amount of information just because I share from a place of excitement. And it's almost like this game we have, you know, we'll hear things that people say and we'll observe. And he's like, Ooh, they're a generator. I bet they're a generator. <laughs> and so it's really funny to kind of do that. I love um, that. <laughs> but part of it too, is like, I'm, I'm more curious than just being like, boom, this is who you are, what you right, are. Right. I become more curious. I'm like, I would love to get my hands on their chart because a lot of times we're not living from, we're living from our conditioning instead, yeah. you know? So at this point, I don't feel like I can meet someone and just be confident in a ton of their chart. I'm more like, this is what I see. And this is my like hypothesis. And now I really want right. to dig into their chart and see where it aligns. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it also helps you be able to relate to people a lot better and understand why they are the way they are and yes. why their <laughs> actions, although maybe frustrating. Uh, have so, a reason. Much. <laughs> so much so it has even already impacted my marriage and has helped my husband even to understand me. Ah. And this was all just, you know, just a nice byproduct of my doing this work. It wasn't something I intentionally was like, Hey, I want you to know this about me. It wasn't like that. It was just a natural byproduct of doing this work and talking about it and him watching the work that I do. I love it. So let's talk about another very important energy system, the mm -hmm. chakras. Yeah, you are Reiki certified. And I and you even have crystals sitting in front of you right now. I do. <laughs> and I just love all things energy, all things crystals. So I just wanted to dive into all the chakras because I don't think that I mean, there are a lot of listeners who I'm sure know about all the chakras, but mm -hmm. then there's others who have no idea that there's this alignment system in your body. And if it's thrown off, it can have very interesting effects. Absolutely. Yeah. And if one is thrown off, well, it's, it's going to affect the other ones as well. And the overall flow of energy throughout your field. Yeah. So my throat chakra, I have been working on that for three years. I finally think that I, it is good to go, but let's start at the, the root chakra. Mm-hmm. 
the bottom, the red. Yes, associated with the color red. And this is, so when you think about like your safety and feeling safe and having your human needs met, like, you know, food and shelter and things like that, um, that is what the root center is concerned with. And it pulls up energy from the earth. So that's like where it all kind of starts there. And it's also very grounding, like it pulls in that earth energy to really ground us. So would you say that if your root chakra is off and it's your foundation, it throws everything else off? Absolutely. Absolutely. And for example, you know, once I started doing this work and studying energy, I realized that I spent many, many years (laughs) with my root center out of balance, like I was totally ungrounded. And I just like my energy was way more concentrated in my upper chakras. Mm -hmm. And I even went to the doctor several times, and just said, you know, I just feel funny, I feel, you know, lightheaded, like, and like, I can see and I can hear, but it's almost like there's a delay. And I just felt disoriented. And they could literally find no explanation. Everything was normal. And now I'm able to recognize, oh, you know, that was me being way too much in my upper chakras and not being grounded at all. Like I've had to learn to bring my energy fully into my body. So for someone who really needs to work on their foundation and their root chakra, where do you even Mm -hmm. start? There's different ways, you know, to do it. But one of my favorites is just go outside, be in nature, put your bare feet on the ground and the dirt and the grass and just, you know, just surround yourself with nature and those elements. That is one of the best ways. You can also do things like squats and types of physical activity like that um, is also helpful. But my favorite's nature. Yes. I love my feet on the bare ground. And it's so funny because my husband cannot touch grass with his bare feet. And I always tell him, you're missing out on grounding. You're not grounding because you're not touching the ground with your bare skin. (laughs) And I will say I do like I do believe that you can still ground um, no matter where you are. But it definitely I feel is definitely stronger and more beneficial if you can have your bare feet on on the earth. I agree. So moving up to the sacral, Mm -hmm. the orange. So this is your sexual energy, creative energy, your emotions, all of that good stuff. And I mean, you can kind of even, it fits with the fiery orange color. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, yeah, that artists, they have a very, very active sacral center for sure. Well, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like all things reckless abandon, romance, artistry, sexuality, all tied into one. Yes. And yeah, you know, people that have like their emotions really shut down or just on the other end of the spectrum as well. That's also you can look at the sacral chakra there and find imbalances to work on. So the solar plexus chakra moving up in the Mm -hmm. yellow. So this is your, this is where you're going to have like your confidence, your will, 
things like that. Um, I love the solar plexus and I really love, there's a breathing technique that I like to use and I like to focus the energy and my solar plexus because it's like you can store the energy there and then draw on it later when you need it. I love it. And yeah, it's the color yellow and it just kind of like reminds me of sunshine and, you know, those positive feelings and you get with that. That's one of my favorites. (laughs) Solar plexus has to do with self-worth, right? Mm -hmm. So would you say that you've found that a lot of people are, have it blocked? Because I feel like that's one of the, when it comes to mindset and energy and, knowing your worth, self-esteem is one of those things that I think comes hardest to a lot of people. So do you find that that's usually one that's blocked the most? Um, I do think that it's usually imbalanced. Um, and I would even say that with myself, that was something that I had to really work on in the beginning of my journey and really learning how to connect with my solar plexus you know, that was kind of uncomfortable for me personally. I didn't really know how to do that. It was like, it didn't feel like I'd rather just connect with my heart chakra and that's where I feel at home. But I I really needed that connection to my solar plexus. And do you connect to your solar plexus? (laughs) So for me, I like to place my hands directly on my solar plexus. So on your abdomen, above your navel, And I just place my hands there and then I literally just draw my attention there and I hold my focus there as I very intentionally breathe in and out very slowly. And I just, with my intention, I build the energy in that space with my breath and my intention. And I just spending some time with that. Are there any crystals that you recommend to help give your self-worth and self-confidence a boost for your solar plexus? Oh, yeah. One of my favorites is citrine. It's also a good uh, a good crystal for abundance as well. But that is one of my favorites for that chakra. I was hoping you were going to say that. I love that. I I do too. I just have a little itty bitty baby one. And it sits up on my shelf. (laughs) (laughs) I've got like several small ones scattered throughout and then I have like a bigger one on my altar in my nightstand you can never have too many oh my goodness I feel like I'm that way with rose quartz I just have so many rose quartz oh yes this is a beautiful energy too and then I know that I have to get more citrine because I have such a tiny one and then every time I go to get more I'm like ooh, a moonstone ooh, turquoise ooh, look at this emerald and then I, come, yes. I never get it that's so funny they just call to you whatever it is you need calls to you I know that's that's what I tell myself yep okay moving up the heart chakra I'd say one of my favorite chakras Mine too. Absolutely. So your heart chakra, I mean, pretty simple. It's the color green. Um, It's, you know, love, Mm -hmm. learning to give and receive love simultaneously. And you really do need that balance of giving and receiving. And so many people have healing that needs to be done in in this area, this heart center. Most people have a lot of work to do here and a lot of releasing. Mm. I love that you said that because 
One of the things I love the most too is that the aura colors of healers are green and that it just goes with the hot the heart chakra and just that love is healing. Yes. You know, that's funny that you say that because that's so true. Um healers, I mean, you know, with Reiki, we receive an attunement which gives us the ability to be a channel. Um for this healing energy for other people and ourselves, but to really simplify it, people that are healers just without having had any of this training or whatnot, it's really just that energy of unconditional love and just holding space for someone and just really pouring your heart out to them with love for, for their highest good. And that in itself is so very healing. Amen. Love. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I love, love, love that. So the throat chakra, my arch nemesis, (laughs) which I have been working on. So I have to ask, is yours too open or not open enough? Oh, not open enough, of course. Okay. Okay. (laughs) For someone who loves the heart chakra, who wears their heart on their sleeve and then Mm. gets wounded, the throat chakra becomes very imbalanced because then you're afraid to speak your truth. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about expression, communication. um, Yeah. Speaking your truth, uh, connection with spirit and intuition a little bit as well but definitely the communication. Yeah. Which is funny for someone who's worked in communications for 10 years that I wasn't living my own truth of communication and self-expression. Ah, uh-huh. And when that happens, you know, if your throat chakra is imbalanced, you could be feeling timid or insecure or mm-hmm. feel like, you know, introverted, things like that. Yes. Um, whereas someone on the opposite spectrum, <laughs> talking <laughs> nonstop, you know, just speaking their mind all the time with no filter. So just a, a few ways that people might experience imbalances there. It's interesting you say that because I actually never considered that there is another end of the spectrum for all of this. I always Ah. picture them as being blocked and not coming through, but not the too open. Yes, it can. um, It can be too open as well. And it's just like out of control. So bring that balance back to the proper because like a chakra. um, with my in-person clients, I would literally show them, I would use a pendulum and go through all of their chakras and kind of see the flow of energy there. And like some would just move in a teeny tiny little circle telling you that it was too close. And if it moved in like huge big circles and it was like rapidly spinning, then it was like really open. And that was able to give my clients a visual you know, especially if it was their first session and didn't really understand the energy work, they could literally see exactly what I was talking about just from the way my pendulum moved. Wow. Yeah, I really never considered that before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go do some re self assessment now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving up to the third eye. Mm-hmm. So, this is your intuition for sure. Um, and seeing energy, sensing energy, all of that good stuff. (laughs) One of my favorites, you know, um, people that are like really deep diving into spirituality, a lot of people like to open their third eye and 
to to really help attune them to to the etheric realms really being able to sense that energy that most people are not open to yeah i've done a lot of work on my third eye but it's always a work in progress yeah absolutely mhm cuz i feel like once you stop working on it it's almost like working out once you stop for a few days and then you try to go back to it you're like okay i have to ease myself back into this yeah it's you know energy flows where attention goes so if you take your attention off of it you know and you're not focused on that i would say that's pretty normal you know you gotta stay focused on keeping balanced in these ways and i find myself doing the same thing like i kind of fall off the wagon a little bit with my self-care and healing work and it's like okay i need to come back to this because i am not feeling right (laughs) yeah i feel out of line Mm -hmm. so now to the top the connection to the divine. Yes, the, the crown. crown. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people associate it with either like white or gold light and um, violet as well. So I've seen it portrayed both ways. But that's absolutely right. Um, your connection to source. And as a Reiki healer, you channel the Reiki literally through your crown and then it flows through you and out your hands. So that really shows like, yes, that is your point of connection and where all of that energy is coming from flowing through you. And the eternal energy of who you are as an eternal being enters your body from those chakras up above, because we have more than just these seven. Um, (laughs) But that is where our energy, our soul enters into our body as well. Wow. So when you have all this energy flowing through you and you're doing all these healing, what is it like afterwards for you? Do you need time to recharge or are you invigorated? That's like a question. I actually, and if you're, if you're doing it correctly, you should always feel better than when you started (laughs) because when you're doing healing work, Um, you should never be giving away your own energy. We're literally channels for divine energy and it flows through us. And we also receive healing when we're working on someone else. It's like we receive a little bit of healing as well as it flows through us to our client. So I always feel really peaceful and uplifted and just amazing (laughs) after giving a session to a client. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I never even thought of it that way because I think one of the, one of the negative sides of energy is that you can always be so affected by someone else's energy, but it's good to hear that it makes you, it heals you within itself. That's true. And you know, some people I have, you know, talking to other healers, some people never have that problem, whereas other people really have experienced taking on energy. And I've heard a few different theories on it. Like some people, some people are saying like, yes, you know, I took on their energy and I ended up with the ailments that they came in with. Mm. Whereas I've also heard people explain it as, it's not that you took that on or that, you know, you took their energy. It's more that you entrained to that vibration Mm. instead of keeping your own vibration high, you lowered to meet that vibration. And that's why you're experiencing this. 
That makes sense too. Yeah. But I do think boundaries, you know, boundaries are absolutely important. And at the end of every session, I would do like a dry body brush energetically of my own aura and just intend, you know, that I'm closing my connection with this person and just like really brushing off anything that doesn't belong to me. Do you recommend doing something similar? So let's say we've all of our energy and our chakras are aligned. How can we really create that security bubble to keep us vibrating high and not being affected by other people's lower vibrations? Mm, that is the great mystery of life, I think. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yes. I, you know, it's funny you asked me that because when I was taking classes, I asked the same thing like, okay, great. I did all this work on myself and I feel amazing. Now, how do I stay this way? You yeah. know, and, and I was like, yeah, we're all trying to figure that one out. <laughs> I mean, there are things you can do for protection, um, using certain stones and um, using like shields and barriers of white light. You can do all of these things, but we're human. And I think it is just part of the human experience. And I don't think that most of us are ever going to experience where we are fully balanced all the time. Darn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite protection stone? Oh, hmm. you know, I really, I struggle with this because there's so many good ones and I've always heard black tourmaline is like most people's favorite, but my personal favorite is really smoky quartz. Because it transmutes energy I love as well. Cords. Right? I I just adore. It. I have it everywhere. I have bracelets of it. Like it is my stone. <laughs> I was a huge selenite fan. Mm -hmm. I have my house gridded with selenite. Oh, beautiful. But then I moved up to smoky quartz and I never looked back. Yeah. It is, I think, underrated. I mean, I black agree. tourmaline is great, but smoky is like my jam. I love I it so much. <laughs> I will fully agree with that statement. Do you have any other favorite crystals? Because again, like I said, I have a rose quartz problem. <laughs> hmm. Let me like, just look at all the ones. It depends. Like, you know, I'll work with some for a while and then I'll put them back on my altar. Um, one of my new favorites is pink banded agate. And Ooh. hopefully I'm saying that right. I came across it just like kind of by chance and I love it. I need a bigger piece because it's just like the energy to me just feels so gentle and soothing and I just love it. And it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. What's the stone that you end up using the most when you're doing healing sessions? Hmm. So I have one that is a beautiful mix of black tourmaline and um, blue kyanite. Ooh. And I really, really like that because the blue kyanite balances all the chakras. Yeah. And then we already know how amazing black tourmaline is as well. So like having the two together is just kind of like a powerhouse stone to me. Oh, so that is um, a really good one. But I also have these palm stones and they're ones I actually had out for myself while we've been talking, the red hematoid quartz. And I have seen really great results with that with my clients. Um, and I love it as well. So that has told me like, okay, I love it. It's working great for them. So that's kind of been one of my go-tos as well. Hmm. I, so I've heard that calcite, all the different colored calcites are like scrubbers for the chakras. Have you 
heard that, come across that. Is that true? Hmm. I haven't heard it put that way, but that's interesting. I only have what three pieces of calcite. So I haven't like dug into them a ton, but the yellow calcite is really good for releasing. So that's a good one for the solar plexus Mm -hmm. um, and like healing that energy center. And I would agree with that, um, especially for the yellow calcite. That's the one I've, you know, learned the most about that and blue calcite. Yeah. I was going to say, I have blue and whenever mm-hmm. I have some anxiety, <laughs> yes. I always put it at the back of my neck just to help scrub everything out. I do love blue calcite. It's so soothing. I actually have like a little charging plate of it. So I place like my smoky quartz crystals and my rings and stuff on top of it to just infuse those that I wear regularly with those soothing energies as well. I love that. So from one crystal nerd to another, do you carry any around with you on a daily basis? Um, yes and no. Um, I, since I do have three small kids and my twins are still nursing, sometimes I just get so like, okay, leave, leave my body alone, leave my stuff alone that I put them away. Um, but generally I do. I wear my smoky quartz like almost all the time, especially if I'm leaving the house. And I have a hematite pie stone that I wear as a necklace um, a good bit. And then if I'm going somewhere around a lot of people or if I'm having kind of a rough day, I stick a selection of little tumbled stones and like a, a little bag and I keep it in my aura. I love that. I had a tiger's eye and an amethyst that I used to keep in my pocket for protection. Yes, so good. I have a little tiger's eye by my nightstand. Oh, I love that. I have rose quartz, of course. Oh, yes. That's a good one. <laughs> Lesson of this podcast. I have way too much rose quartz everywhere. So do you have morganite? Uh, what does it look like? Um, some of them are like a very pale pink and some are so pale pink that they almost, you can't tell they're pink. (laughs) I don't think so. Since you like the rose quartz, I totally think you should check out the Morganite because I have a piece of raw Morganite and I love it so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll add that to my list and then I'm going to re-listen to this and write down every other thing that you've said. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know how you like the Morganite. If you get some, I want to know if you love it. And if you like it as much as the rose quartz. Yes. So my crystal, my little crystal altar, I used to have lower on the wall. And then when I set up my office, I moved it up. So now it's out of reach and it's made me very sad. So I need to find a new location for it because I'm missing out on all my little babies up there. Yes. But I recently, my daughter's name is Luna, so I had to get her a moonstone, of course. Oh, I love that. Definitely. And then I, and then of course I went crazy and just started buying her all these crystals and she's six weeks old, but (laughs) she has a little army of, I got amethyst, moonstone, rose quartz, of course. And I can't Mm -hmm. remember. I got another one, but I don't remember what it was, but it was, it just, maybe it was some kind of aquamarine uh I don't know something blue and oceany but I don't remember what it was but I just saw it and I was drawn to it of course and I had to get it that's awesome does she have selenite that would be a good one too I have a huge huge wand up in the nursery yes I love it that's awesome for protection (laughs) (laughs) 
keep all the bad vibes out. Are your kids yes. interested in crystals at all? Um, so my twins don't see them a whole lot because I, <laughs> I was always afraid they were going to swallow them, oh, but yeah. my almost four year old, he loves them. And anytime I buy new ones, you know, I'll try to just say, Hey, do you want to see mommy's new rocks? And, and he just likes to hold them and, oh yeah, he loves them. My goodness. That is adorable. I can't wait. <laughs> oh yeah. I think your daughter will like them a lot. One of my spiritual advisors, when I went to her before I was pregnant and we were talking about my daughter and she said, you know, she's going to pick up all the crystals and talk to them like they're a phone. So I'm oh. waiting. I'm waiting for that to happen once she gets older. Oh yeah, I love that. Now right. I'm curious. I'm like, I need to let my son hang out with mine a little bit more. Yeah, I I want to see how the energy really affects her. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure That'll it's be fascinating, awesome. especially because they're so like sponges that mm -hmm. I can imagine it's nothing but amazing things that they would get out of it, especially because. They have less blocks than the adults. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't been taught that that's not real or that's crazy or you're yeah. talking to an imaginary something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what? going off of that, what do you think the biggest misconceptions just about energy as a whole, whether it's your human design or Reiki or your chakras are coming from crystals, what have you come across that you wish people understood about energy? Hmm. So two things, and one of these might be a little bit touchy for some people. Um, but just like from the religious perspective, some people are very close-minded about it. They don't understand it and they're not willing to try. So a lot of times they're just so close to it and they think it's wrong. Um, and what I wish they could understand is it's just energy. We're energy. Everything in this world is energy. And, you know, God, source, the universe, whatever they use um, for that, it's energy as well. And there is always an energy exchange happening. So I wish that, you know, that wasn't such a big hiccup. Um, because even from my family, when I first started studying, like they did not understand. And at first were very like worried about me. <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. yes uh and what's the second one I was thinking um just thinking that it's like woo woo and yeah. doesn't make any sense <laughs> but actually like there is a lot of research and when you start looking at quantum physics this stuff is not crazy at all like there is actual legitimate studies and you know universities are doing studies in quantum physics and they have proven so much stuff that the ancient mystics have known forever and we're mm -hmm. just now starting to be able to prove it but you don't ever hear about that you know that's not mainstream and I think that's such a disservice because how empowered would people be if they knew these things yeah I love that you said that that's the whole I love nerding out with anyone who's willing to talk about chakras and energy because it's so true if you were if you knew this how empowered you would be and how empowered you feel when you do know it yes mm -hmm. like your whole life can just change that yeah. fast yeah and you know you learn to love yourself and to accept and love other people and even just have like a new respect for everything in our physical world and mm -hmm. mother nature yeah it's like this whole beautiful yeah yeah I love it 
I, and I've always loved nature and outside and the earth, but I feel like when I started doing meditation and crystals and really using crystals as fuel and fusion into my mindfulness practice, my appreciation for just the universe as a whole just exploded. Yes. Same here. I finally understood why I was so drawn to water, you know, why bubble baths were so relaxing for me, why I was always drawn to the ocean. It finally made sense. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like a personality thing. No, it was literally healing me on an energetic soul level. Yeah. And it's funny that uh, the salt lamp craze Mm-hmm. Is has exploded, but it's basically the same thing where the salt lamps are putting out these negative ions that you're getting the same thing that if you would be outside in nature. So why can we like adopt having a hunk of salt in our living rooms, but right. not like having a few stones around, you know, I right. don't get it, but yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've even put water out in a glass jug on the full moon and charged it to make moon water. And I I know my husband's just like, what? I do not get that at all, but totally done it. I love that. What did you use your moon water for? I can't remember what exact, I like loaded mine with several intentions. Um, But I know one of them was just like, as I drank the water, I wanted it to really help release any energetic toxins as it flowed through me. Mm. I think that was one of the biggest ones at that time. I think it was like after I had a Reiki attunement and I really wanted it to assist with that whole process. Cause after you go through an attunement, you do have like, uh, an energetic cleansing period, if you yeah. will. <laughs> yes. Been there. Yes very real thing (laughs) moon water I need to try that yes google it you'll find some good articles and some good ideas because yeah you can you know charge it with your intention and there's endless endless opportunities there (laughs) good to know when I was pregnant the way that our bedroom is when there's a full moon it shines right into our bedroom literally from where I lay in bed from my neck down to my feet is where the moon shines in from the window so when I was pregnant and of course I couldn't sleep and had the worst insomnia I would get up in the middle of the night and I would see the moon shining and so surprised that it didn't wake me up from blaring in my face but I would go find all my crystals and just sit in my bed and line them up and just have them charge in the moonlight Yes, while my husband was just sleeping, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Uh, But it really does give them a whole new power. It does, Mm -hmm. and you know, to that end, maybe we should mention if people have crystals and and they're just getting into it, you got to make sure to cleanse your crystals energetically as well, like all the time, because they are always absorbing the energy that's around them. Yeah. Have you heard? I. I had a spiritual mentor tell me this about selenite, that if you hold it up to the light and you see dark spots in it, that means it has caught negative energy. Have you heard that? I've not ever heard that. That's interesting. I wonder if it's a real true thing. I want to believe it is because then I would have nightmares and then I would, in my dream, I would hold up my selenite and although there would be all these dark clouds in there and be like, yep, makes sense. And so I don't know. 
Interesting. I'm going to have to do some research on that and maybe experiment with the pieces I have because I've never heard that before, but it very well could be true. I don't know. Please let me know. Yeah. And then I'll have to investigate all the ones in my house to see if they need some clearing out. And do like a before and after, hold them up after you haven't cleansed them for a while and check them out and then do a really good cleanse and check them again. I'm going to do that. So for our readers, how do you recommend cleansing your crystals? My personal favorite way is through vibration, like sound healing. So I have a little singing bowl that I keep on my altar Mm -hmm. and I literally just play the singing bowl around and over all the stones that I want to cleanse and just have the intention that it is clearing away any low vibration energy and just returning them to their natural vibration um, and then if I have time, I'll, you know, do another round and just intend to be charging the crystals with the high vibration. So that's my favorite. And it's safe for every single crystal as well. Oh, good to know. So for someone who has been interested in chakras or Reiki or crystal energy mm-hmm. and wants to dive into it further, what do you recommend? Where do they start? Um, if you like to read, I would suggest there's a lot of good books out there. Um, but I will say I really like um, the books by Cindy Dale. She has like an awesome encyclopedia type book. And it might be overwhelming for a starter, but it has so much good information in there. And she has a ton of books to choose from. Um, as far as like, if you want to learn specifically about crystals, Judy Hall has like a lot of really good books that dive into so many different crystals. So I like to end this podcast on words of wisdom for anyone out there who might be having a bad day or needs a pick me up. Mm -hmm. So what are your closing words that can give someone that extra push they need today? Mm -hmm. To just remember that every single thing about you has been created very intentionally And most of the time, the things that make you different, the things that make you feel like you're not good enough or you're less than or make you feel like you don't fit in or measure up, there is a gift in that. And really, if you can tap into that and see how amazing you are for this difference, you can really step into your own purpose and power through that. And it can change your life. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Hood, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and sees the beauty in every woman's why. If you would like to be part of our community, find us on Instagram at Enlightened Hood and subscribe to this podcast where we put out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday.